Shalom, friends, and welcome to another episode of Footsteps of the Messiah. So this week we'll be covering the Haftarah of Vayigash. So let's jump right in. Baruch atah Adonai, Eloheinu melech haolam, asher gichanu v'mitzvotah v'tzivanu la'asok b'divrei Torah. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the Universe, who sanctifies us with your commandments and commands us regarding Torah study. So, uh, thanks for joining us. Remember, you can send all um, ideas, suggestions, or questions to footstepsofthemessiah at gmail.com. And I am Kevin, your host. So, without further delay, uh, let's take a look at Vayigash. So, Vayigash, uh, the Torah part portion is Genesis 44.18 through 47.27. The Haftarah, the additional portion from the prophets, is Ezekiel or Yechezkehel 37.15 through 28. So, let's take a look at... The, I like to, to encapsulate the parasha first for you, and then we'll jump over to the haftarah. So, the, what's taking place in Genesis is, um, first of all, vayigash means he approached, and this is found in Genesis 44, uh, 18. So, Yehuda approaches Yosef um, to plead for Benjamin's release and offers himself as proxy for Benjamin. Uh, and they still obviously don't know that the guy they're talking to is their brother Yosef. So as Yosef sees their loyalty uh, to one another, and that now the youngest has been put in a place of imminent and possibly mortal danger, um, Yehuda. Now remember, Reuven tried, it didn't work out to protect Joseph. And then Shimon, we uh, heard from him. Well, he was kept because he was the instigator with Levi to um, actually throw Joseph in the pit and actually kill him. And we see um, the sages say that this is seen in one. They, they were already prone to violence from what they did to the city of Shechem uh, in, earlier in Genesis after Dina was accosted and molested and uh, raped and then uh, we don't hear from Levi. So Reuven speaks up, but it's to no avail earlier in Genesis to try to help Joseph. And then uh, Shimon, uh, he's taken as um, captive the first time the brothers go into town and they have to come back with Benjamin to release Shimon, Simeon. And then Levi we never hear from. So Judah finally steps forward and takes the role as the successor to, to Jacob, and even tells Jacob, you can have my ch children as a replacement for Benjamin if I don't bring him back. And I give you, you know, my word on my life that I will bring Benjamin back. So, um, now the rabbis also say it couldn't have been, it had to be Shimon and Levi that instigated the whole thing and wanted to murder Yosef because Reuven tried to save him. Um, and uh, Judah also um, tried to, to protect him. And the other brothers would never, that were from um, Bilcha and Zilpah, would have never spoken up against or before their older brothers. So the only two that are left, and Benjamin wasn't around, um, so the only two that are left are Shimon and Levi, who are already prone to violence. So anyway, just something interesting I learned this year, that that's why Shimon got got detained. That's why Yosef kept him as um, a tikkun and a repentance to put him in prison while they went back to get Benjamin. All right, so why didn't he keep Levi too? I don't know. 
Uh, the brothers are overcome by shame and remorse. Yosef comforts them. Oh, right. Wait, before. So Yosef reveals his identity, says, I'm Yosef. Is my father still alive? So he said, look, it was not you who sent me here, a very famous line, but God. It has all been ordained from above to save us and the entire region and the world from famine. So the brothers go back to Canaan with the news, and Yaakov comes uh, down to Egypt with everybody, and it says 70 souls in all, and they're reunited after 22 years. And on the way to Egypt, he receives uh, Yaakov as Israel, I believe, to receives the divine promise. Uh, fear not to go down to Egypt, for I will there make of you a great nation. I'll go down with you into Egypt and I'll bring you back up again. Ah, excuse me. So Yosef gathers the wealth of Egypt by selling food and seed during the famine. And Paro gives Yaakov's family the fertile country of, or county country of Goshen to settle. And um, Israel prospers in the exile in Egypt. Okay. So... Let's take a little Haftarah uh, detour here. Uh, okay, so Haftarah, uh, let's see. So, now the Haftarah uh, is Ezekiel 37, 15 through 28. And this is, we're going to look at the connection to uh, the tribe of Judah and the tribe of Yosef. And also talk about where we get this idea of the two messiahs. So what I found out this year during Hanukkah was that there is very little known about this. And what is written in the sages that I could find, and I, I apologize, I don't have it here because I haven't, um, I didn't retain the source. I know it's in the Talmud, but I, I can't tell you what part. So I'll probably have to do a different podcast on that. But there is a little bit in the Talmud about this idea of a Ben Yosef, a suffering Messiah, like suffers like Yosef and then comes to redeem the world. And then there is the, the king of Judah, the Messiah Ben David, who is from the tribe of Judah. Now, what's interesting is Yeshua was the earthly on earth his guardian father or adopted father shall we say was named yosef and in his life he yosef was you know yeshua's physical guardian on earth that played the role of his father even though his true father was hashem and we're talking about the virgin birth right now and so um, he was ben yosef and he and yeshua did suffer um horribly and obviously his you know uh, murder death and then after he was buried and resurrected and my beliefs but let's take a look at the haftarah for parashat havayigash so again it's from yechezkel 37 15 through 28 now i'm going to be um, summarizing and pulling drawing ideas from um, ruben ebrahimov and uh, this is really interesting he's called the Haftarah Man, and he has some very fascinating articles on the Haftarot. So, um, now, he talks about the connection of the Haftarah to the Parsha uh, is as follows. So, King Sol after King Solomon's death, um, Israel was divided into two kingdoms. So, we know Yehuda and Benjamin were one, and then the other um, ten tribes were the northern kingdom of Israel. So, um, it, now, Levi was scattered all over to serve as the priesthood. Uh, so, 
the ten soon to be lost tribes were in the north. So since the first king of Israel was from the tribe of Ephraim, uh, and that was Rehoboam, the prophet Yehezkel refers to the northern kingdom as the kingdom of Ephraim. So that's why, and I've always wondered about this, why the ten tribes were called Ephraim. Well, it was because the first king of the north was from Ephraim. So, and that was actually Jacob's grandson, you know, Ephraim. So, Ezekiel hints of the first division of the Jewish nation in this week's Haftarah reading. In Vayigash, the brothers Yehuda and Yosef confront each other. So, Ezekiel's prophecy further tells us in the future that perfect unity will bring all the divided Jewish tribes back together. In the future, there will be two messiahs, and two anointed ones, and the first messiah will come from the tribe of Yosef. Uh, whose sons were Ephraim and Manasseh, and the second Messiah from Yehuda, like we said earlier, from King David. All right, so, during the Babylonian exile, Israelite holy men would go from house to house asking if there was a bad thing that the person wanted to go away, and if they wanted a good thing to happen. So, he says, uh, this is um, Reuben Ebrahimov, says the... Uh, okay, so paper, papyrus, or animal skins were very expensive. So instead of baking pita, they baked bowls made from dirt and water. That was much less expensive. These holy men would hold the bowl in one hand and write in the bowl from the center outwards a prayer for whatever was desired. Abra Kadabra, or in Hebrew, Habracha Kadibra, a blessing, which means literally a blessing as it was spoken. Then the customer would pay the holy man a donation for a spiritual handiwork. So, the story of this week's Haftarah, Yehezkel, I'm not sure how that ties in to this Haftarah. So hopefully we'll, we'll see. Maybe it's just a small diversion into history in the Babylonian exile. The storyline of this Haftarah, uh, Yehezkel symbolically holds two pieces of wood together, one block of wood represents the northern tribes and the second block of wood represents the southern tribe of Judah where the temple was. So that symbol meant that at the time of the redemption both Jewish kingdoms or both kingdoms of Israel would be united, right? Put them together. The prophet Ezekiel says the, son, the nation of Israel will live securely in the land forever with the return of the Shekinah and the Lord's presence to their midst. All right. Now, uh, Yehezkel bin Buzi, that's uh, Ezekiel's full name, uh, means the Lord strengthens, or may the Lord strengthen. Uh, he was a Kohen, so he was a priest of the tribe of Levi, born in the village of Anatot, which I apologize, I don't know what that means, uh, surrounding Jerusalem. Now, his wife died suddenly before his prophets, a prophetic career began, and he was part of the 8,000 exiles in 597 BCE that went to Babylon. His prophecies lasted for 30 years, and several of the prophecies are date, month, and year specific. And he was the only person in the Bible to be called Ben-Adam, the son of man, which is something that Yeshua uh, refers to. Uh, he's, he calls himself the son of man, I believe. 
and uh, I can't remember if he's called Son of Man by anybody else. Let's see. Okay, so uh, I, I really it just it also reflects that he is um, he was of human descent, like he was literally uh, a son of a man. So he was a human being. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I believe that implies humanity. And so he was the son of man, a human being, and Yeshua uh, is also the son of God, and that he has always existed as the uh, eternally only son uh, of God who comes forth from the Father forever. Now, some people might argue, well, God had another son, Israel, right? But uh, Israel is only of earthly descent. Um, now, you know, the body of, of non-Jewish believers in Yeshua and Jewish believers in Yeshua will make up spiritual Israel and physical Israel in the Messianic age. Um, but... I believe because there's only one Messiah that there's only one fully pure, shall we say, son of God that can exist both in the heavenly and for 33 years was able to live on planet earth until he could get his resurrected body and now he can dwell in both realms. So, uh, Anyway, uh, Son of Man is a much deeper thing. It goes beyond the scope of what I was prepared to speak about. But uh, it is a title that is used uh, in the Gospel. So it, this says, if you do a study of the term Son of Man in the Gospels, you'll see that he didn't refer to himself most often as Son of God, but as Son of Man. So like Mark 10.45, I just wanted to find one reference. Um, Yeshua said, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So he calls himself Son of Man quite often. And this should take you, if you have you know, any um, reference to the Tanakh, especially to the prophets, it should make you think about Ezekiel because that's the only place that the phrase Son of Man um, is used in the Tanakh. So, uh, an understanding of Ezekiel is essential to understanding the words of Yeshua. Alright, so, uh, famous phrases, Ezekiel 3.12, he says, And the Spirit lifted me and I heard a great sound, is what that it says in English. This passage is in the Uvalitzion Goel prayer, and that is in... I believe all three prayer services, Shachrit, Mincha, and Ma'ariv every day, definitely in Shachrit uh, and the morning prayer service. Uh, the men of the great assembly included uh, this passage from Ezekiel in our prayers of hope. So, Uvalitzion uh, Goel is, May a Redeemer Come to Zion. Um, that's the title of that prayer. And that's said at the end of the morning prayer service. Ezekiel said these words upon seeing a vision of the Lord's throne, leaving the Beit HaMikdash and going into exile. So as they were leaving, going into Babylon, um, he has this vision of God's throne. Uh, let's see. 
upon seeing the vision. He saw a vision of the the actual um, temple itself. Um, or, yeah, anyway, as he was leaving the Beit HaMikdash and going into exile himself, I believe is what it means. So we're reminded that it doesn't matter where the Lord is or where we are. We're always united when we pray. All right. So um, Ezekiel's tomb, according to tradition, is in a place called Kifel or Kifel, K-I-F-L, in Iraq. Interesting. And there's a picture of it online. So um, this Haftarah took place about 2,400 years ago. So um, on the Jewish calendar, it looks like around the year 2,900. No, that can't be right. Uh, this calendar is hard to read. Uh, it was well after King David. Uh, so, yeah. Anyway, 2,400 years ago from right now, uh, which would put us at about the year, it's 5783 this year. So minus 2,400 would be about 3383, something like that, or 3317. So around 3,300 from creation. Uh, let's see. Okay, so 597 BCE. And um, this Haftarah took place in Babylon, like we said, Iraq. Ezekiel was one of the only prophets to experience prophecies outside the land of Israel. And, oh, there's a fascinating map that identifies Meshech, Tubal, Beit Togama, Persia, Kush, Put, Gomer, uh, which is Gomer is like the Germanic nation, so that would be Germany, France, Spain, UK, Iceland, Greenland, Sweden, Norway. That's interesting. And Gomer, uh, I'm sorry, um, Meshech, Tubal, and Beit Togama is Russia, so Meshech, Moscow, Tubal, Tubalsk, and Beit Togama. Uh, there's not really a place that sounds like that but it also includes turkey persia is modern day iran iran kush is saying uh modern day sudan this author egypt is egypt and put put is shown to be uh, morocco algeria libya and tunisia so when you're reading ezekiel those are the nations you can be thinking about all right, well, we're going to call it a day. Uh, this is going to be a little bit briefer than we're used to, but do the sake of, for, for the sake of time, uh, we're going to wrap it and just wish you the best. And just remember that whether you're reading Ezekiel or the Gospels, whether you are learning about the prophets of the Lord or about his ultimate prophet, like it says in, I believe it's Deuteronomy 18, there were... Uh, there will arise um, a prophet like uh, Moses. Let me read that real quick. That's a prophecy of Yeshua. Deuteronomy 18, 18. I will raise them up a prophet from among their brethren, like unto you, Moshe, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak unto them all that I should command him as a prophecy of the Messiah from the Torah, saying that God's going to put his words in the mouth of the Messiah, and he's going to be like Moses.
He's going to be like the Torah. Yeshua was Torah obedient. Yeshua upheld the Torah. He observed the Torah. He taught others to observe the Torah. So, anyway, may you make Yeshua the Messiah and the light and the Torah of your life, and may you walk straight and upright and not turn to the left or the right. And we never want to leave this broadcast without inviting you to make Yeshua the Messiah of your life. May you be blessed and encouraged, friends, and may the light of Yeshua the Messiah go before you, behind you, and all around you. In Yeshua's name, God bless you. Thank you for being here, and we appreciate your support. God bless you. Shalom.